Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. I want to thank everyone for taking some time out in their lives just to listen to me rant about wrestling for around one hour. It genuinely means a lot and I've been out and about recently too. And loads of people came up to me and they said, Simon, I really enjoy the podcast because I'll be in the gym or I'll be at work or I have a long drive and just listening to you makes the day go a little bit faster. It makes my drive or work, whatever I just said, a little bit easier. And that meant the world to me. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to start this podcast with a big thank you, especially because that's right, somehow it is episode 100 of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Now you're probably wondering, is Simon going to do anything special for this? Well, I wanted to. And I reached out to a few wrestlers. I thought if I get a big interview, that'd be pretty cool, right? That would kind of tie into the experience, but I couldn't get anybody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mostly I think because I left it too late it only kind of occurred to me this week I was like oh yeah I can I, I could get somebody on and interview them but I missed my I missed the boat I missed the opportunity so never mind I thought it's much better to um to get something out there of course today especially today but I will you know I'll follow up on these leads uh, a couple of people I think will be game and hopefully you know, we can do the episode 100. I'll even call it that. I'll do it as a special episode when I get, I call it, you know, episode 100 special so-and-so interview. Should I get any uh, favorable, yeah, uh, feedback from anybody? But again, I would like to say how I've done 100 episodes, I don't know, especially because for a while back there, I was anything but uh, consistent with my output. But yes, I really do appreciate everyone listening to this. I really do appreciate everyone that puts into the Patreon. Cheap plug, I know, but I want to say thank you there too, because I wouldn't have been able to do 100 of these if it wasn't for you guys. So yes, it's patreon.com for Simon 316. No word of a lie. If that vanished tomorrow, the podcast would stop. It's what allows me to take you know time out of my day and turn down other work. So I mean, thank you to everybody. That's a blanket thank you. And even to anybody that clicks download or subscribe or whatever, that means the world. But yes, a, a special thank you, thank you to all patrons who have made it possible. There's no two ways about it, and I really, really do appreciate it. And maybe we can try and do 100 more. Wouldn't that just be lovely all around? I think so. I think it would. Uh, kind of an interesting week in the world of pro wrestling as well. We're building up to Super Showdown on Saturday, which we will predict towards the middle of the podcast. We'll do a Q&A at the end. Again, if you head on to Facebook and search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Podcast, like that group, you can get involved in the Q&A set or the Q part of the Q&A session. That's where I ask them all on Twitter, Instagram at Simon316. This is a weird one. I don't pin this. If everyone could go follow me on Instagram, that would be great because I found out if you get to 10,000 followers on Instagram, it opens up all these tools for promotion. And I'd like that. It means I can pimp stuff more. <laughs> so if you'd like to do that, do it. I only post weird stuff on there, so I wouldn't worry too much. And yeah, give us five stars, five stars on iTunes, you know, all that nonsense, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, Super Showdown is this Saturday. And my big takeaway from it is pretty much... WWE, for me, for my mind, let's start here, actually. I do, because it's going to get, I don't want to say negative, but it's going to get a bit critical. And not in a bad way, I just think sometimes that needs to happen. I like WWE. I like WWE programming. More weeks, uh, you know, I prefer, uh, what do you call it, Raw and SmackDown than I don't. But I can understand people's criticisms, too. It doesn't mean that I'm deaf to all of that stuff. I just watch wrestling, I guess, in a kind of a different way to most people. And I think that's great. I think it's the same way that some people lean more towards New Japan, WWE. I watch as much as I can because I love wrestling. But yes, mostly 
I understand what people are saying, but I always find a way to like, because it's wrestling, right? It's, it's, of course, it's important. You know, it's a huge part of my livelihood. But on top of that, it is just, you know, I try and watch it as uh, for, for, an enter- for entertainment purposes. You know, I try not to get dig in too deep. Uh, but I think people should too. I think that's really important. Anyway, the reason I'm rambling is the two things I think that are issue with WD right now that are kind of tying into each other. If I don't know what the SmackDown rating is yet. I think that will come out tomorrow as I'm recording this. I imagine it will do okay. But the Raw rating took a big hit this week and I, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying it's the second worst one ever and it is the second wor- it is the worst one of the modern era something like that either way it's bad it's not what people wanted especially because the third hour which was the worst hour is when you had the likes of Triple H Undertaker Kane and Shawn Michaels now I saw a few people saying that nostalgia isn't the way to fix WWE's problems and I agree with that to a certain extent but I still do believe having those four on the show and while only Shawn Michaels was advertised you have to be a loon not to think the other three were going to turn up I do think that goes, I don't think it's anything to do with them, but I, I think that's kind of highlighting the bigger problem. Well, not the bigger problem, that's the wrong word, but I think it goes to show it has nothing to do with what WWE putting on, as opposed to what WWE has been putting on, or just the modern climate that we live in. Now, I am going to do a video for What Culture this week called, you know, why um, the Raw rating is not as bad as, as some people think. Now, again, the problem with the Y series, we're going behind the scenes here, is that a lot of the videos I do for the Y series, I meant to encourage debate. That's the whole point. If I just did, you know, if I just did a video called Why Everybody's Right About WWE, well, that doesn't encourage debate. There's no conversation to be have off that, and that's the idea. Which is why, huh, why? Which is, I, I, like to, I like to underline that because, again, I think there is an argument to say that raw rating isn't as bad as you think, but I also think you can go the other way. And that's the point. Everyone's going the other way, so hopefully I can make a video to spark that debate, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not going to talk about that here because I don't think it's... Uh, well, I mean, my point is just going to be social media, YouTube, the world's different, the way people consume. Because really, I'll touch on it a bit. Really, more people are aware about wrestling now thanks to social media. So their brand awareness is huge. It's absolutely massive. It's probably one of the reasons they got these huge TV deals because a lot of people do talk about wrestling. However, when we're talking about kind of the old school fashion numbers, wrestling is down. And Raw has proved that by, again, doing one of the worst ratings it's ever done. Whether or not that means the show or bad or not, again, that's another argument for another time. Anyway, the thing I want to tie into all of this is I don't think it's helpful having three pay-per-views that are currently basically running alongside each other in terms of promotion. So we've got Super Showdown this Saturday. And I'm sure it could be really good. I'm sure it could be you know, very, a very entertaining show. A lot of people say glorified house show. I can't answer that until I see what they're going to do because a small part of me wants Samoa Joe to win the title. And if Samoa Joe wins the title there, it is not a glorified house show. I don't think you can argue that. Dave Meltzer made a great point too when he was talking about the Saudi Arabia show. There's going to be like 60,000 people there. You can't call that a glorified house show. I mean, from a content point of view, you may be able to, but we haven't had the content yet. So, you know, there's, there's no way to tell. But I do find it somewhat baffling that at the same time we're promoting Super Showdown, we're also promoting Evolution, and we're also promoting Crown Jewel. I mean, that is happening. It may not be as in your face, you know, as each one falls, so once we get past Saturday and Showdown's no longer an issue, we'll focus more on the other ones. But at some point over the last few weeks, we've heard about Trish Stratus fighting Alexa Bliss. We've heard about the triple threat match between Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns. Um, I'm sure there's been some other stuff that I can't think about. You know, but that's just, and I get that we're living in different times. I completely understand that. I don't think that's too shocking, you know, to say at all. What, what is wrong with that? What was that kind of stumbling block? I would go out, go back and edit that out, but I won't because I think that was funny. <laughs> Imagine I just had a stroke then. Imagine I did that and then you just heard this noise. 
<laughs> like Simon's had a heart attack and he's just died. What a way to go. At least you'd all have my last words. I'll say this now in case I do ever collapse during a podcast. Whoever finds these recordings, put them online. Everyone deserves to hear me uh, as I rant away before before dropping dead. But given that pa- how different pay-per-views are now, in the sense they're not pay-per-views, we call them that because that's a word from the olden days and it just works. No one wants to call them special events. That sounds stupid. But so they're different. No one... It's not like you get the culmination of stories anymore. You know, Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-views basically all just blend into one. And that's fine. Again, evolution, revolution, whatever. But when you're trying to promote three at once, to me, it just muddies the waters. And I do think eventually, if you're a more casual wrestling fan, you're going to go, well, I don't want to watch all three. Because, and also, how am I meant to care about the stories? How am I meant to care about Roman Reigns defending his title against Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman? When before then, you're also telling me I should care about this six-way. And then in between then, you've got an all-women's event, which I'm also meant to care about. And I think that kind of sucks to evolution as well, because I do think that's kind of special. Um, you know, I listened to a podcast the day that talked about WWE being the, behind the times when it comes to, you know, women in sports. And that's probably, well, it is true. There's no two ways about it. You know, they should have done this 30 years ago. But we haven't, and we're here now, and I always, you know, the best time to do something is 20 years ago or today, so at least we're doing it. But kind of cramming it in, especially having the Saudi Arabia show a few days later, it does take away from it, and I think that's a shame, not only from the people that are performing's point of view, but from a fan's point of view as well. How can anything feel special if you keep giving me these things? Now, it's a double-edged sword in the way because I like these events. Like, I'm excited about watching Super Showdown because it is in Australia and it will feel a little bit alien, a little bit foreign because we don't see it that often. It was the same for the first Saudi Arabia show. Maybe not as much for the one we're getting in, in a, six weeks or whenever it is. Less than that. It's November the 3rd, so three or four weeks. But I, I, that is the beauty of the network, that we can, you know, tap into these specials that beforehand would have been on pay-per-view, although unlikely, or just cut off from us. But I think we could spread them out a bit better. I don't understand why, like, why can't Super Showdown from Australia be September's pay-per-view? And why can't Crown Jewel be November's pay-per-view? I know there's Survivor Series, I know it kind of makes a problem, but okay, shift Crown Jewel to December. I can't even remember what that pay-per-view is December. Did TLC maybe? I don't know. But no one cares about those anymore. Like, I don't mind when WWE does them. I get I'm being negative. I don't mean to sound as negative uh, as I am. But I mean, like, I wouldn't care if any of the non-Big Four pay-per-views vanished. Like, Hell in a Cell goes. I'm not bothered. TLC goes. But, I mean, Money in the Bank's different, but I actually preferred Money in the Bank when it was at WrestleMania. I thought it made WrestleMania feel more special. Now it feels slightly watered down. So if we are going to have these one-off bespoke pay-per-views, I don't know why we can't just have that as the month one. And you can shift Evolution around as well. Evolution doesn't have to happen at the end of October. I want it to happen, and I think it's important. But if you knew you had these tours, I don't know why we couldn't have done that in 2019. I mean, it's long overdue anyway, but that's the point. It's long overdue. So I do think it's almost a case of too much content. And it is, can be quite intimidating. It's like how I approach video games in, in the modern day. I used to love... I remember if a video game was less than 10 hours, I'd turn my nose up at it. But I don't want to play that. Like, I want an experience. These days, I want something short. I want something I can enjoy, um, play through, get to the end, and think, oh, I, I, had, I had a good time. And I don't mind paying £50 for that privilege... If the video game is good, obviously, but we're not going to get into that. That's that's a whole other thing. You know, how, you know what's a dollar worth or a pound worth? But when you are getting three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, let's say you want to watch everything, one hour of NXT, one hour of 205 Live, the Mixed Match Challenge, it, you know, three-hour-plus pay-per-views were hard enough. But to now say, okay, we want you to watch Super Showdown, which is probably close to four hours, and then three weeks later, we want you to watch Evolution, that would be probably three-plus hours. 
Then we want, we want you to watch Crown Jewel as well a week later. And again, that comes with its own problems because of the culture in Saudi Arabia and whatnot, which we will talk about uh, closer to the time. I can understand why people would go, you know what? I am just going to watch on YouTube. I am just going to watch on social media. Uh, I'm not saying this in an arrogant way, but some people do say this to me. I am just going to go watch ups and downs because Simon can watch through all the wrestling for me and then he can tell me what he liked and what he didn't like. And if I think I've got some kind of rapport with him, I will then go watch those segments or at least I know what's going on. I don't feel like I'm out of the loop because a lot of people today just like talking about wrestling because it's fun to talk about wrestling. And there's nothing wrong with that as well. I don't even mind the people that just watch wrestling to moan about it. Good for you. If you get a kick out of it and you enjoy it, I am not going to criticize that whatsoever. Uh, It can be a bit toxic at times when it gets into the wrong environments, of course. But again, that's not the the discussion we're having here. So that is something that struck me. I just think there's a lot of product and there's a lot of the same product. And that is never going to be ideal and if we're focusing on raw i mean this is no one this is to no one's surprise three hours is too long it just is like i'm privileged to do what i do and you know somebody you know good old what culture pay me to to watch wrestling and review it but even three three hours is way too long the best thing about smackdown is i cannot believe i'm always shocked when the main event segment or the main event match comes around because i think that can't be the end of course it can't be the end, <laughs> but it is, and it leaves me wanting more. I didn't even particularly think this week's episode of SmackDown was good, especially because it was a go-home show uh, for the, the Australian event, but because it was so short, I didn't I didn't mind. It just felt fun. Like I thought Daniel Bryan versus Shelton Benjamin was very good. As I said on Ups and Downs, it was one of those matches I didn't know I wanted. I really would like Shelton Benjamin back on SmackDown in a more regular fashion, by the way. He's really good. He's not getting any younger. I don't think we're using him to the best of his abilities at all. Um... And I, I, I liked Andrade Cien Almas and Selena Vega versus Truth and Carmella. I thought the finish, you know, Carmella locked in that submission wonderfully. But I don't, I don't like the idea of it just because Almas has lost again. And I actually thought Almas had a huge upside and he'd be getting a load of momentum. So, you know, I just don't know why we booked that match when there was no feud going on. And yeah, it does irk me that Carmella just turned face for no reason. It does. In that sense, I get a bit bee in my bonnet and entitled. I'm like, why can't I have a story? I've, I've earned my story. Um, so there's that too. But... You know, outside, and the Rusev Aiden English stuff was good, and you know, AJ Styles' promo was a bit ridiculous because it just was. I mean, I still want to see that. I still want to see that uh, that, that match. But he was at home trying to protect his family. But if he had just told the cops like he was going to, there, <laughs> there wouldn't have been a problem. But it was it was an okay show. I just thought when it was all said and done, I was like, I don't think I'm any more excited about Super Showdown than I was beforehand. But it was, it's short. Again, that's my point. It's short. And I think that's why a lot of people like NXT. If NXT was doing three hours, I don't think we'd like that either. And that is the issue with Raw. I mean, that's no surprise. You're not going to be sat there now going, oh, well, I, I never thought about that, Simon. And I get it will probably never change because of money. And, you know, money is the most important thing. It's a business at the end of the day, which is why at least for the next five years, WWE doesn't have to worry too much because they've got these $2 billion TV contracts or however much it is. But yeah, Raw itself, comparing it to SmackDown, mm, it was, again, it wasn't a bad show. It just felt a bit like a, a nothing show. I think the main thing that I came out the other side of it was, while I like all the Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler stuff, as everybody around those two guys teases whether or not they're going to leave or whether there's going to be a bait and switch or, or, or however you want to see it, I don't really care about Braun Strowman, Dean Ambrose, uh, sorry, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre going against the Shield. I don't think I care about the Shield. I know that sounds bad, and I had no problem with them reforming because they were meant to reform in November last year and then they ran into all those problems. They can't help that. There's nothing they can do. But I just don't think I care about it. I just don't think I care about those three individuals 
uh, in that team anymore. I'm much more excited about Dean Ambrose going heel and feuding with Seth Rollins over the IC title. I think that ticks far more boxes. I know that pr the promo Dean Ambrose did on Raw, I thought was excellent. He doesn't really get, well, I haven't seen him cut one of those since he's been back. And I just think a heel Dean Ambrose, if we can actually put him in a position where he gets booed, would be fantastic. And it shines a spotlight on the IC Championship, which is my other bugbear at the moment. Shinsuke Nakamura once again. I know he was on the TV last week fighting uh, Rusev, I think it was. Or never, never that was, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But the US Championship has suffered simply because Shinsuke Nakamura suffered because he's got no feuds. He won the Royal Rumble, for goodness sake. I cannot believe, I don't understand why... I wouldn't mind him not, but I don't mind people, but I didn't mind Samoa Joe not being on SmackDown TV this week. He didn't need to be. You know, last week he'd already kind of done his go-home angle and AJ Styles just added a, a cherry on top. But Shinsuke Nakamura now going into Super Showdown, as far as I'm aware, has no match. I mean, we'll know in a minute when I run down the whole card. But, you know, I don't, I just don't understand. It is one thing I do get negative about. I'm not going to lie, because when I was a kid, titles meant so much. And it was one of my favorite things about wrestling was how much those titles meant. And I remember the likes of, you know, I remember Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock feuding over the IC Championship. And that's one of the reasons I got into those two guys. You know, again, it's a cliche, but it almost served as a way. These are the people you need to keep an eye out for. And these are the workhorses of the WWE. And Shinsuke Nakamura is great. He's over. People like him or hate him, you know, but they like him in the sense that they enjoy his wrestling. And yet he doesn't get on television. I don't get it. I, I, I just don't. And that is kind of true with the IC Championship as well and the Universal title. We all clambered for the Universal title to be back on Raw, as it should be. You know, that's the right thing to do. And yet here we are. And there's no, you know, there's no, um, it, it doesn't do anything. Like at the Super Showdown, is the IC title on the line? No. Is the Universal title on the line? No. Is the US Championship on the line? No. <laughs> like, it's madness. And also, because of this six-way, the, the WWE Raw Tag Team titles aren't on the line either. In fact, I've just realized no, rest, no Raw titles are on the line <laughs> at Super Showdown. And I think that not only undermines the pay-per-view itself, but it doesn't do much for those titles. And I think that's the thing that, that, that kind of gets me. Um, so yeah, maybe I just got into the Shield thing. Maybe I just think they're better as singles. I get why they... Uh, the problem is, I guess, I know they're doing it to try and protect Roman, but it doesn't. Dean Ambrose made a comment on Raw this week saying maybe he'd run Roman off the road. He was joking. Everybody cheered. Everybody cheered the thought of Roman Reigns being dead. That's what that was. And I think when we got there, you, you turn him heel properly. Like, you just do. I know we can say he's a heel now. And he is a heel. You're right, but he should start acting like a heel. He should start... He should come out later in the show and say, I heard you booing me, yada, yada, yada. But it wasn't a bad show by any stretch of the imagination. Like, it, it was fine. I, I've decided I don't want to go into kind of running down both shows uh, on the podcast. Because A, I imagine you've seen them. B, if you haven't, again, you can go watch Ups and Downs. I don't think you need a third version of me where I go through them. So I'm trying to talk a bit more speculatively and sort of open about what rest, where, wrestling currently, uh, where wrestling currently is. So, but the only other point I do think we need to mention, obviously, I think I'd be amiss if I didn't, is obviously everything that happened with Kevin Owens and Elias. Now, yes, it was a it was a cheap line. You know, we went after a football, uh, a, a basketball team, I should say, an easy target. But I'm all right with that. Like, I think the issue is, well, it, the segment was great. Like, I really loved it. I had a smile on my face. You know, the sustained amount of booze for that amount of time just made me go, man, we've got to, somebody backstage has got to start thinking more about how we get the, the correct response from, from the crowd. And that's not the fans' fault. The fans should react however they want. The whole point was, you know, that night the audience in Seattle were triggered by this and they were going to let their thoughts know, which is the idea. You shouldn't turn up and just play along. I mean, it would be great if we all did play along, but it's the passion, it's the energy which makes it so good. 
And I, I did, I loved it. It made me miss the Attitude Era more than I have in a long, long time because the best thing about the Attitude Era mostly was that everybody was nuts for everything, which is why a genuine pastime is you can just go through... You can just go through Stone Cold Steve Austin pops and go, man, that was great, that was great. And it puts a big smile on your face. So in that sense, I, I, I did really love it. But it didn't, I mean, Meltzer said this the best, and I am ripping him off, but it, it didn't have any fallout, which is a shame. You know, by the time Leo Rush was out there and we had Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens, there was no, it was, again, there was no carry-on from it. I mean, hopefully they someone can tap into this. I'm not saying that I want Elias to go around and just insult you know, football or soccer teams or whatever kind of sporting teams as and where he goes. And why not if it's going to work? But he's kind of done that before. But just having a, a larger idea of, okay, how do we get this kind of response wherever we go? And I'm not saying it's easy. It's certainly not. It's probably the hardest thing to do in wrestling, right? Get a reaction. But after seeing that, if no one is at least trying to come up with ideas, and I think we've all lost our minds <laughs> because it was great. It really, really was great. It was just it was the wrestling that I love the most. And you could see Kevin Owens and Elias because they weren't ready for it, had to act on the fly. That made their characters better. I don't think Owens had that second scripted line about the Seattle, the, their basketball team. I think they're called the Sounders. I'm not a big basketball guy. You have to forgive me if I'm wrong. And, you know, he probably threw that in there because he knew it would wind them up more, and it did. It was just fantastic. And I really would... I just want to see more of it. You know, it's like why it's when AJ Styles is on top. The reason I like, or Daniel Bryan is a good example too. And Samojo uh, in the, on the other direction. The reason I think I gravitate towards their characters so much is because they get the reaction they're meant to. And that makes me just go, yes, I'm enjoying this. It just allows you to buy in. The Rock Hogan, right? The Rock Hogan is not a great match, but it is because of the way the, the Canadian fans treated them. It felt like you were part of something special. I always say this, but I'll say it again. It's like when I went to the All In show a few weeks ago and the crowd was so up for SCU versus Briscoe Brothers because it was the first match on the show and everyone was just there to ensure this was going to be a, a time everybody remembered. I got goosebumps. I'm not even a big fan of SCU or the Briscoe Brothers. I like them. I think they're talented. But I, I got an emotional response from it because of that. Over, you could feel it. You could feel it in the air. And Brian Alvarez went to Raw this week as well. And he kind of said he had a similar kind of experience given just how negative that reaction was. So that was great. I mean, that was the highlight of my week for me, uh, to say the least. Uh, I tried to catch up with the New Japan show as well. Was it called Fighting Spirit Unleashed? Unfortunately, I didn't get round to it. But it sounded awesome. Mike Skull versus Will Ospreay sounds like an awesome match. Uh, Mike Skull won that as well, which is cool because that ties into their story as well. The Mike Skull always has Will Ospreay's, always has Will Ospreay's number. Uh, and you can see me doing karaoke with Mike Skull on What Culture Wrestling. Cheap plug. You can go head over there. There was another match I liked on it too. I can't remember, but basically we're building to the New Japan show this week now, I believe it is, which I also got Destruction. I can't what the hell it's called. My name, my name brain is terrible. But a lot of people had a bad reaction, I won't say a bad reaction, but somewhat of a negative reaction. They are doing, I think it's Cody versus Omega versus, is it Ibushi? That's right, right? Now I've got to look it up. I've said that. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. I'm pretty sure that's, that's correct. Anyway, it's a match I was like, yeah. It is that, yeah. Omega versus Bushi versus Case of a King of Pro Wrestling. That's what the damn thing. I think that's great because we're not. It means we're not doing the Abushi Cody match, which those two have promised would have to be. They say it would be on a big stage, and this is is a big stage, but not with the you know it's only going to be a week's worth of build. So I think you can do that in Madison Square Garden or hold it off down the line for the Tokyo Dome. So that's good. I'm such a Cody Rhodes mark these days. Anyway, I love the fact he won the U.S. Championship. Um, I, I don't know. I just love him. I just think he's great. And I, I, it's one of those matches that makes me... I watch New Japan as much as I can, but sometimes it just isn't enough time in the day. But that is one of those matches. Three people that I really like, really respect, like proper good wrestlers as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it makes me want to tune in. 
So in that sense, you know, I, I liked all of that. I thought that was good. I haven't seen the Progress uh, Hello Wembley show, but again, I am going to get round to it. Sounded awesome. I know it overran a little bit, which annoyed some people, but I guess it's just the nature of pro wrestling in in the modern day. Uh, I have seen the the table spot between. Uh, Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews. Fair play to both those people. Um, you know, both of those, uh, Eddie Dennis especially, helped in my in my wrestling training career. So I, I got kind of a kick out of watching those two do that. But it sounded like a great show too, so I'll try and check that out. And I haven't watched any of the Mixed Match Challenge, but I will say I love the promos. I always make sure to catch the promos on uh, on Twitter or whatever, and it's just, they're, they're hilarious. They're just, it's just people not giving a shit. <laughs> in that sense, it is the, uh, it is the absolute best. Uh, right, before we get into questions, let's do a rundown of Super Showdown so you know the card, you know what to expect, and we can try and figure out what's going to happen uh, with when. We do have Oscar and Naomi versus the Iconics. I actually thought last week they were doing quite decently with that feud, but this week I was like, man, it's the same combination of people over and over again. I'm, I can't pretend that I like Oscar in this role. I think she's better than this. I don't mean that horribly, but you know, given, again, she won the Royal Rumble, first ever Women's Royal Rumble, and we saw where her fall from grace in many ways from WrestleMania. Uh, the Iconics are fine. They do a good job in pissing people off, and that's their job, so you can't get mad at them. But it, uh, this sounds horrible, but it just feels like a nothing match. It just feels like it's there. It doesn't feel like anybody really cares. It feels like a bunch of people that's been pushed together because they have to. Unless it is tying into the first ever Women's Tag Team Championships evolution, then that's cool. You need tag teams. But I just, I don't know. I think it's more the context around this than the actual teams itself. I'll go with the fact that Oscar and Naomi win because I imagine if there is a tag team championship coming, you could probably put it on them. That's probably why they got put together, right? Because they're good wrestlers. People like them. So, so, so I'll go with that. Uh, also getting the New Day versus Sheamus and Cesaro for the SmackDown tag team titles. I can't see Sheamus and Cesaro winning. You know, the New Day only just won them back. People like the New Day. They're over. Had a stupid segment on SmackDown when they made some pancakes. And then Sheamus poured some pancake mix over someone's head. It was fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was all, you know, I just think the New Day win. I think it'll be another standard tag team match. I don't think there's anything too crazy. May even open the show, get people into it. You know, get the, oh, Melbourne. Everyone will go nuts. Don't think we need to change the titles. I'll, you know, I'll stick to the New Day. Uh, Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight Championship. Again, 205 Live is actually a really good show now. Ever since they shifted things around when Enzo left. And now especially because it's been moved to Wednesdays and more people are watching it. And I think they started to tape it before SmackDown as well, so they're getting better reactions and better crowds. And Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander are really good wrestlers. I think if they're allowed to do what they should be able to do, Cruiserweight-wise, be all flippy, this could actually be um, something special indeed. Again, I don't think the title will change hands. It's just I don't think it needs to. Uh, I, I actually only think one title, I mean, there's only one, two, three titles on the line. Uh, I only think one title is going to change hands. Mm, I, I want one title to change hands, which, as we've already discussed, is Samoa Joe. I want Samoa Joe to win the WWE Championship here. I just think it's such an interesting story twist if the guy that has been such an asshole and, you know, last week hunted down AJ Styles in his own home, you know, he's been bullying his family, a proper heel, a proper bad guy, does everything he said he was going to do. That, to me, opens up a whole new side to AJ Styles that we can introduce. I'm just jumping all over the place here, but it just works into my reasoning. If Daniel Bryan then beats The Miz at, uh, in Australia too to become the number one contender, you can start having those three go at it. I think SmackDown and WWE in general needs something like that when they're going to be having these incredible matches, which could also spread out for more people watching. You never know. So that's my pick there as well. 
So, yeah, so Hesedi Alexander retains, Samoa Joe wins. I mean, I don't necessarily think that it's going to happen, but I'm so desperate for it, I'm going to throw my weight behind it anyway. And hopefully Daniel Bryan beats The Miz. I guess we kind of set that up on SmackDown because The Miz cost Daniel Bryan his match against Shelton Benjamin. He was on commentary and distracted him, hit him with a skull-crushing finale at the end. Classic wrestling pay-per-view booking. If that happens, you then whoever gets the upper hand on the TV show win, uh, loses on the, on the pay-per-view. The, I'll be intrigued, though. I think there's some really, really interesting stories to come out of this, and I'll be a little bit like, oh, that's a shame if we don't go with them. And then also, you make this pay-per-view feel like it's important. That's the other thing people are worried about. They think it's just going to be something to do. Well, let's not do that. Let's go the other way and you know stamp our, our, our importance meter on it. So when we think, oh, we should watch Crown Jewel, because you don't know what's going to happen. And having a world championship change, I think, underlines that massively. Also, uh, the, other, the other championship, of course, is Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. No way should they take the title off Lynch at the moment. I think that would be madness. The ending of SmackDown was those two. And even though Becky Lynch was acting like, you know, I mean, it's in a positive way, but an asshole like me, me, me. Everybody loves it. I love it. The character is awesome. You know, it makes her even better than she already was. Charlotte Flair is, is easily the heel in this scenario. So we don't need to buck around with this at all. So I hope it doesn't happen. You never know with WWE, especially because Becky Lynch wasn't even meant to get the title at this stage, but she did. Unless you're going to do some kind of double swerve, which makes it more interesting. But I don't think you have to do that. I think Becky Lynch's character needs to win, even if it's by cheating, to justify that character. Because, you know, she doesn't care. She said she's not going to be a nice person anymore. She is going to, you know, she is going to run around and, and, you know, and try and make things, you know, act in her favor. And that doesn't happen if all of a sudden she's losing. You know, it's the Samoa Joe thing. She needs to win. She needs to justify that character. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that, um, yeah, Becky Lynch wins. I'm just going up the list. The Brie Bellas, the Brie Bellas, the Bella Twins are Ronda Rousey versus the Riot Squad. I mean, you could have Ronda Rousey and the Bellas here if we are going to turn Nikki and Ronda and her are going to go at it evolution. It does mean the Riot Squad, Riot Squad are absolute background material here, which does suck, but, you know, what, what can you do? I will. I think that I think it probably is the best way to do it. Otherwise, you've just got a nothing match, and it's just a case of showcasing people, and I'd rather not a lot of that. So I'll go with that because it's fun. Ronda Rousey gets screwed. Doesn't have to take the pin because Brie Bell is in the match. She can get pinned by someone on the right squad. And even though the right squad do get the victory, it's more about Ronda and Nikki and we can start building to a few weeks' time. It's the time to do it. What, why the hell not? The Shield versus Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, Andrew McIntyre. I mean, Roman Reigns hit someone with the spear to win. I don't think we're going to see any shenanigans with Dean Ambrose and Dolph Ziggler. Not that that's a problem. I think we can keep teasing it for a while. I think we've still got plenty of time to do that. But I can't see Roman Reigns losing. There's no point pinning Dean Ambrose. Seth Rollins is the IC champion, so potentially could pin him if you kind of try and spin off a feud maybe between him and Drew McIntyre. Otherwise, Roman Reigns can just spin Dolph Ziggler and, and, that, and that will be then. Um, yeah, I, I just don't like this feud. This feud isn't for me, and I'm not 100% sure why. Bobby Lashley and John Cena versus Elias and Kevin Owens. There is no way Elias and Kevin Owens is winning that, especially because it's John Cena's return to the company. And Bobby Lashley is Bobby Lashley. Still think he's underrated, Bobby Lashley. Don't think he's used in the right way at all. I do really like his teamwork, or his, his pairing up with Leo Rush. I don't know who came up with that one, but it's much like putting Elias and Kevin Owens together. It just works. They're amazing by themselves, but you put them together and they, they, they become something you know stronger entirely. So hopefully we can keep that going for a while. But yeah, Cena will hit the move on Elias, I would imagine. 
and it won't make a difference. This is a match to get John Cena on the show and probably not feature him in a one-on-one contest, which is fine. It'll be fine. I'm sure people will love to see him. And of course, Triple H versus The Undertaker. We're sure Michael's in Triple H's corner and Kane in The Undertaker's corner. I mean, for my brain, you have to have The Undertaker win because A, he's lost too much in recent years anyway. And if you want to keep that mythology alive, you don't let him lose. But also, if we are going to go into WWE Crown Jewel and sure Michaels is coming out of retirement to tag with Triple H to take on the Brothers of Destruction, he needs a reason. And the reason has got, well, I guess you could argue that Shawn Michaels get into fear and that cost Undertaker the match. But that, sound, that sounds shitty to me. I don't know. I, now I've said that, actually, no, you probably could do that. <laughs> okay, so you could have Triple H win if Shawn Michaels super kicks the Undertaker. Then Undertaker walks away with his head held high to a certain degree. My original thinking was the Undertaker beats Triple H. And then Shawn Michaels is like, man, I can't stand the Undertaker. I've lost to him twice. I had to retire. Well, now I've said that, I've thrown a spanner in the works. Because obviously Triple H doesn't lose a lot either. I'll say The Undertaker wins, but now I'm not so sure. I can actually see Shawn Michaels hitting the air, hitting The Undertaker with Sweet Chin Music and that being that. We'll find out. We'll find out in around about 48 hours' time. I think it's 10 a.m. if you're in the UK, 5 a.m. if you're in one of the coasts in America. I'm not sure what the other one is. So it's a crazy time for the pay-per-view. I will be doing ups and downs, so as soon as it's done, I'll jump in front of a camera and get that done as soon as I can. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what to think of it. I think, it, I think a lot of it is going to tie into WWE Crown Jewel. I hope that... We do do a lot of, at least a couple of big things on this so we can get excited about the Saudi Arabia show as well. Well, as excited as we can be. Again, there's still huge question marks and controversy around it. It's still an absolute contradiction of terms that they're doing that and they've got, you know, an all-women's pay-per-view a few days before it. It does rub me, rub me the wrong way a little bit. I know people say that we shouldn't care. Well, I do care. I think we should care. I think stuff like that is important. But there are my predictions. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, drop me a comment below. Let me know what your predictions are as well. And also, make sure you head over to Facebook, where there's also Predictions League. And we are going to jump in there now. And we are going to talk about... Well, we're going to talk about anything. We're going to answer some questions, which, again, I put up late. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. So there's probably less today than there, that there would be usually, which is good, because I just remembered I wanted to talk about something else before we get into the questions, because I have a link that I've got rid of. I found this very interesting. Cody Rhodes did an interview with, who on earth was it with? I think it was with Wrestling Inc. I don't want to say that and be wrong, but I think that is the case. I say slowly as I fling, I think it's with Wrestling Inc. The quote that got me is they were talking about what could happen in 2019, where obviously uh, a lot of the Bullet Club's contracts are up. And, you know, he said, well, my own promotion is still Ring of Honor. I know the big what to do is, oh, January 1st, we are going to show up on WWE. That's pretty possible. Because, again, he's a free agent on January 1st, 2019. And so is, I don't know if the Bucks are. I assume they are. I know Kenny Omega is, or at least around there. Now, there has been this rumor that all three are going to stick together regardless of what happens. And the way that Kenny Omega is currently acting in New Japan, it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere for a long time, especially if we are building to this Ibushi match sometime next year, if not later on. And also, there is that Madison Square Garden show at WrestleMania weekend, which I don't think the people like Cody Rhodes of the Unbucks would want to miss. I think they'd want to be a part of that. Obviously, it's going to be something special, to say the least. But I don't know if this... At one point, I thought it was never going to happen. I thought that those guys were too into doing their own stuff to be want to go back into an environment where you cannot be that creative just by the admission of how the system works. Now, Cody's very smart. You know, he understands how the internet and social media he wants people talking about him and talking about this, keeps him in the headlines. You know, that's always good. And I'm doing it right now. So I've bought into it hook, line, and sinker. But when I read about it earlier, it did make me go, well, that's interesting. I wonder... I wonder how much that actually... that that, that means to the grand, the, the grand scheme of things. 
I should also talk about, obviously, Red, uh, Neville's back. Or Puck, I should say now. Puck returned to Dragon Gate of all places, where he, uh, where he was before. Uh, which is great, really. You know, he left the WWE under circumstances because he wasn't because he wasn't happy. Clearly, he didn't want to be in 205 Live. So fair play to him. He's gone out there. He bet on himself. He's gone back to a place where he had huge success in the five years before he signed with NXT in 2012. And again, there's, who knows where else he's going to turn up? I mean, because he's with Dragon Gate, you probably think, well, he won't be of New Japan. But you don't know. 2018, so many people rewrite the rule book. Look at Brock Lesnar. I'm going to make millions of dollars through one show. Nobody thought that. Look at Chris Jericho. Talking to Chris Jericho, there's a rumor this week that apparently he's going to debut on Impact. I don't know how true that is. But that, that's, that was going around. The, I mean, everyone can make that rumor up, right? But he was, everyone was saying he was going to beat the, no, the, the Bound for Glory pay-per-view, which would be absolutely nuts. I mean, that would definitely upset Vince McMahon, I would imagine. But, but, but who knows? I mean, the Winnipeg connection's there. But it goes to show there are no rules in wrestling. So maybe Neville does show up in other places. I know a bunch of places in the West would want him. And I'm sure he's weighing up his options there, too. Um, but yes, I, that's kind of all the other, the other news I wanted to talk about. But certainly, I'm glad that I'm glad that Neville is back, and I'm glad that it looks like he's he's he's, he's lands on his feet because I just really like him. I think he's he's an amazing wrestler. He seems like a nice guy. He's from the UK, which means I instantly like him a bit more. But yeah, uh, it's um it's a, it's an absolute crazy time to be a wrestling fan. It is. It's, always, it's something new every day where you're like, what is going on? Let's answer some questions again. You head over to Facebook, Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Join the group, and you can ask some uh, questions as well. Thomas Sutton, what's your opinion on the Matt Hardy Broken Universe thing that's coming to the WWE Network? I'll have to see it really. If Matt Hardy and Jeremy Borash are allowed to do what they did in TNA, I think it'll be awesome. Furthermore, you know, if Matt can't wrestle, I think it's great that he's going to have that kind of creative outlet. I know how difficult it is not to have that. You know, suffering from a shoulder injury myself right now. That's kind of one of the things I miss the most. I think it will be good if Matt Hardy has anything to say. I've not, I, while the Hardy, the broken character in the ring and away from the pre-recorded skits in WWE wasn't what I hoped. All the skits were. So hopefully we can do more of this. Hopefully it'll be really weird and really funny. Hopefully it does really well and everyone can walk around smelling of roses. Alex Pearson, if, if WWE was to bring back the Hardcore Championship with the 24-7 Open Challenge rule as a network-exclusive show, who would you like to see with the title? Well, I love that. Imagine, not, don't even have it as a network show. Just have them that they're brand-free. How good would it be if every now and then that just tumbled into, I think that'd be really fun. Sometimes I worry that wrestling misses that kind of fun. Who would I like to see with the title? Brad, uh, no, what's his name? Hawkins, Kurt Hawkins. My, my man, my underrated hero. I think he'd be great with that. And it would break his losing streak too. How good would that be? You go from losing all the time to winning all the time, even though everyone's after your channel. And you could do loads of funny stuff on YouTube as well. Like YouTube wasn't around when the original 24-7 was. So you could have, you know, Kurt Hawkins gets attacked in his sleep and just have a stupid YouTube video that you shoot. People would like that stuff. Well, I would anyway. So yeah, I'm going to say uh, uh, Kurt Hawkins. Gareth Jones. Hopefully you got your name right. What do you think about the network change of potentially happening in 2019 where different tiers will give you different access to content? I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to talk about it. Let me get the actual, um, let me type in new WWE network. Because, yeah, they are planning to introduce new tiers where, yeah, um, oh, where is it? I may have to type in WWE network tiers. Where, yeah, depending on what you pay, depending is what you get. And I saw an example of one. It was really, really well laid out, and I really, I thought it was a really interesting read, and now I can't... It was the way it was broken down, mostly, and now, surprise, surprise, because I'm not an organized man, and it's only just popped into my head, I can't find the exact one I'm looking for, but I would just use this one, because it has a basic idea. It wasn't as good. So the, 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 the plan would be, 
that you can have it for free, but there's adverts on it, obviously. Uh, you get five hours of archived material every month, five minute of video clips, and a 24-7 live stream that would feature WWE content without the pay-per-views, NXT, and the Cruiserweight Classic. So basically, you get commercials, you can watch five hours of archived material, then you get locked out, and you can watch the stream, which you know makes sense if you're getting something for free. Then you get the $4.99 plan, which is the WWE Network as it currently exists, except you don't get NXT, you don't get the TakeOver specials, you only get the big four WWE pay-per-view events, you still get ads, and I think there is something else as well. I think you get some events 30 days after they air or something like that. But if you do that, you can only watch it on your iPhone or, or sorry, your smartphone or your tablet, which I don't watch the network like that ever. So um, Plan 3 is the normal one. What we get now, WWE Network, 999 You know how it works. But then we got to Plan 4, $14.99. Now, I think this is no adverts. I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, you get all the WWE Network as we're used to, a live version of NXT, weekly Cruiserweight Classic Series, and this is where they talk, this is the interesting bit, other promotions, potentially such as Impact and Ring of Honor, maybe Progress, you know, maybe Rev Pro, who knows, Evolve, who knows who else they've got in, the, in their back pocket. Which I, I think would be, I mean, let, Impact and WWE had that meeting a few weeks ago, maybe they pitched that to them, maybe they said, look, your deal's coming up with Pop TV, it's not really working here in the States, we'll put you on the WWE network, it helps WWE, they're controlling the message, I don't think WWE sees them as competition anyway, and maybe that's why Chris Jericho's going to turn for Battle for Glory, because he knows that WWE and TNA are working together, Impact I should say. That tier would also have fan perks. I don't really get this. It's something to do with you know, early ticket ordering and the right to vote in a WWE Hall of Famer. Some, some crazy stuff like that. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get involved, involved in that. But anyway, the question was, what do I think about it? Well, to be honest, I'd stick at the 9.99. I think 9.99 is fine. It's never bothered me. I like it. Look, if it's going to help the WWE Network, and some people have heard those tiers, thought, oh, well, I'll get in now, then great. I think the 14.99 tier with different promotions on it would be really interesting. I'm not sure how many people would watch it. I hope loads of people do, but my gut is I don't know how many people actually would. But I am intrigued. But yeah, it'd be interesting. Right? It'll make a fun story. And in that sense, I'm all for it. And maybe it does need a spruce. It's been around a few years now. It's not really growing as WWE wanted. So yeah, you know, give it a kick up the ass. Jim Calcutt. I'm not sure if I asked this a few weeks ago. I apologize if I did. But do you see WWE going in the direction of signing more people on contracts similar to that of Mustache Mountain where they aren't necessarily exclusive to WWE? And do you think this would be the only way that scars like Kenny Omega and Young Bucks would sign with WWE, not necessarily saying I'd want them to? I don't think they'd do it with people like that. I mean, Mustache Mountain still can only work a few places that WWE says that they can. And I'm sure if they ever get up to Raw and SmackDown or on NXT permanently, they'll swiftly be told, you're not allowed to do any of that anymore. I think that would 100% be the case when we're talking about people like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. I think if they ever, and Cody, I think if they ever get signed, they'll be, be the classic, you know, WWE full-time contract. I just think the other ones they're doing is they're kind of expanding to the UK and they want a few people on their books, but they know they can't use them all the time and you can't stop somebody working because they won't get any better. And in fact, they'll start getting worse. So I don't think they'll do that with the big guys or the big guns. Uh, I do think it's a good way to sort of, you know, invite talent into the fold and then develop them. But no, I don't see that becoming the norm at any time, at any, any time soon. But definitely with, with lesser guys is a, is a horrible term. It's disparaging. I don't mean that. But with guys we don't consider the super duper. That's a better way to put it. Miles Hammer. Thoughts on the WS wrestling finale? I loved it. Stay safe, Miles. Thanks, Miles. Look, I thought WS was fine. 
I don't mean that it sounds negative again. I don't mean that in a negative way. I just thought it was an easy to watch weekly wrestling show on ITV that was designed for adults and kids. It certainly sounds like it didn't hit the mark that it wanted to, which is a shame. I hope they get a second season and learn everything that they you know, they always do when you do a television show. And I hope the house shows do well and I hope it goes from strength to strength. I thought the finale was good. I thought Justin Size and winning was a nice feel-good moment. Again, if somebody really pushed me for criticism, I think they could have allowed the characters to come through more so people could understand who they were watching. But they're limited to an hour and i certainly don't think i'm in a position to critique that given that i'm not a tv producer christian brown what are your favorite entrance songs lately i've been digging the classic macho man pomp and circumstance i love that one plus also rediscovered the four horsemen theme and it's great got that on my pod as well cheers from sats i can never pronounce that place in canada i'll try saskatchewan is that right i know saskatchewan i don't know i know where it is on a map can't pronounce it my favorite entrance songs, well, Triple H is The Game is always good. Stone Cold Steve Austin's always works. I think I have answered this before. I like uh, Baron Corbin End of Days, if we're starting talking about new ones. Macho Man and The Four Horsemen are, are great. I like Kevin Owens's. don't know why. Seth Rollins is pretty good, too. I do think Jim Johnston is better than CFOs. To me, CFOs write really good riffs, but they just wash the rinse and repeat. Jim Johnston's wrote songs. Um, but I'd be lying if I said that wrestling songs... Don't get me through the day sometimes. I absolutely do. Billy Radborn, how much do you want a Shelton Benjamin push? So much. I think I said this earlier, right? He's not getting any younger. He's really good. He can probably have a decent match with anyone, and I just like him anyway. I thought his Daniel Bryan match was, was awesome. I thought the promo he cut beforehand was nothing amazing, but it was it was good, you know, to a certain extent. So yeah, give me give me more. Give me more Kurt Hawkins and give me more Shelton Benjamin. Tristan Dan Whitcomb, I asked this last week, but you said you wanted a reminder. What has been your favorite Dean Ambrose moment W so far? Mine was easily when he won money, the bank and cashed in. Hope the recovery is going well. I'll talk about that in a second. Thank you, Tristan. Definitely the cash in on the money in the bank, especially because he did it in the same night and I thought that was special. Otherwise, I honestly, I think I said this as well. I went back and watched it. I know it's not wrestling related, but Dean Ambrose in that Terminator commercial with Arnie for the WWE 2K game is so good. Because it shows that Dean Ambrose can actually act to a certain degree. I really want Dean Ambrose to turn here. I don't care who's just come back. They've already made him feel like he's been back a thousand years. I think it'll be a great heel. I think it's everything that Raw needs right now. I think Seth Rollins is a face that's over against Dean Ambrose as a heel that's also over with rock and roll. He, I just really like Dean Ambrose. I think he's underrated talent. As for the recovery, I should have mentioned this because it may affect the podcast going uh, uh, forward. It does seem almost a certainty now that I am going to have to have uh, uh, shoulder surgery probably in the next couple of weeks. I'll know more on Friday where I'm going to update everyone on my YouTube channel. It's the Middle Report Rules. Go subscribe and stick that up there. On my Twitter as well, Simon316. And I'll be out for a little while. It's serious surgery. It's a soldier reconstruction. So things are coming out and other things are going in. So, yes, it may put me on the shelf for a while. Hopefully everybody understands that. I'm sorry, of course. I never want content to stop. Uh, I'll update you when I have specific dates and we'll take it from there. Timothy Bowen Bates, which WWE star would make a great children's entertainer? Rockstar Spud or Drake Maverick, I should say. I think he's one of those guys that could, you know, take anything you give him and make it work. Same with Rusev. I could see that. I think Zack Ryder would be entertaining to kids in a good way. Who else? Alexa Bliss, I think, could do it too. Mickey James. And I'll go for one more and I will pick Callisto. Because he could flip around the place and he looks cool with his mask. Christian Brown, I'm going to get in. I'm going to get to the wrestling stuff. I promise. But at first, I'd like to get a few things out in the open. 
There's a post on the Facebook group about your video on the cross-platform merger between Nintendo, PS4, and Xbox One. I stand by what I wrote. Okay, I'll read that later. You need a Week in Gaming Facebook group so that I can go properly troll you about Assassin's Creed, Bloodborne, Dark Souls, and Fortnite. That's the one reason I'm not going to do it, Christian. And again, Week in Gaming, my gaming podcast. Go download it now and search for the Week in Gaming. Thank you. You look like a game. No, I'm, you look like a guy named Chris. Chris Daughtry. Daughtry. Is that the singer? Hang on, I'm looking him up. There, I said it. I bet I don't look anything like him. It is the He's from the band Daughtry. Yeah, that's how I know him. Um, he's just a bald guy with a beard. That happens a lot. But thank you anyway, Christian. I noticed you censoring my post recently. You don't like swearing, so you leave out the damn it part. You want me to stop doing it? Then do what I tell you to do and get well, damn it. <laughs> I don't mean to censor, damn it. Sometimes I just leave out words because I'm on a flow and I realise that word's going to stop it. Number four, stop assaulting yourself on camera. I don't know what that meant, but thank you, Christian. Uh, let's talk wrestling. Where do you see the storyline going between Chaos and Jay White? Uh, oh, that's a question and a half. Well, I think that Jay White you know, is becoming a bigger and bigger star as the days and weeks go by. You know, I think he's proven to everybody that he's far more than... I think a few years ago than people expected. I think he's kind of the next big thing in you. Not necessarily the next big thing, but well, I do think he's, I was just saying, no, I do think he's the next big thing. I don't know where we go with the storyline. I love what they're doing with it at the moment because, again, I think I said this last week, the fact that they're doing stuff that we see so much in Western promotions, because they don't do it that much, it means loads. I would imagine this is the start to push Jay White up the card, eventually probably win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Not soon, but down the line in case Kenny Omega goes away. That's what I think they're doing, and I think he'll do it too. But I love Jay White. I think he's, he's going to show that anyone that doubted him, even a few months ago, they're wrong, and he rocks. Uh, who do you think the newest member of LIJ would be? I would pronounce LIJ, but I never can. Lost. Well, I thought Neville. It still could be Neville. I don't think this Dragon Gate thing means anything, again, because of everything I've said. Otherwise, I don't have many names. I wouldn't want to guess. My guess would have been Neville. Otherwise, I really don't know. But I'm intrigued to see. I thought that, that video with Naito was awesome. Uh, well, why didn't you keep tabs on your fellow musclehead Neville Pack before he turned up in Dragon Gate? Well, if you watch one of my What Culture videos going up this week, you'll see that maybe I knew what was going down. I mean, I didn't. It was a fluke. But still, uh, I'd like to see you either wrestle Goto or Ishii. They would kill me. If you could bring one thing for a major... If you could book one thing for a major show in any promotion, what promotion and what would you do? Um, well, I like surprise appearances. So if I could book anything, I guess I would book something like... Roman Reigns, you've got the shield in the ring. In fact, fuck it. You've got the shield in the ring and you've got Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. And the Bullet Club come down. You need six members. Kenny Omega, Cody, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page and Marty Skull. There you go. People go nuts. The internet community go nuts. Casual fans be like, who? <laughs> Brian Thurman, how many centimeters taller would Chad Gable have to be to get a proper push? Let's get Chad Gable's height up. It's going to give it to me in meters, isn't it? I don't know how tall it is in meters. I bet he's not as small as we think. That happens a lot in wrestling. He is five foot six. All right, I was wrong. Well, he probably needs to be six feet. Let's be honest. So talented, though. So talented. It's crazy. Michael Carlson. Do you ever see WrestleMania not being in a giant football stadium? Or will a 50,000 plus attendance for WrestleMania be the constant standard for this foreseeable future? Absolutely. Mostly because it comes to finances and perception. If they did go back to when it wasn't a stadium, everyone would go, oh, look, the, the walls are falling in. We're not as good as we once were. And also financially, they wouldn't make as much money. I know it costs more to rent out and there's more cost, but ultimately, they do make cash off that so I don't I don't think they ever will I don't, I don't think that's ever going to change 
I think, yes, unfortunately, because I like closed-off arenas, but I think WrestleMania will always be in a stadium, and if they can, they'll put Survivor Series, SummerSlam, and Royal Rumble in stadiums as well because it makes it look better, it does make them feel the big four, it separates them from other pay-per-views, and it makes them all a bit more exciting. So I'm going to say, unfortunately, you're right, Michael, you're never going to see it again. Taylor Vine, when is Finn Balor going to feel relevant? Well, it's a good question. He certainly seems like persona non grata in WWE right now. He's teaming up with Bailey and nothing matches on Raw just to get over the mixed match challenge. I don't know what the deal is. But, uh, you remember when he came as the Demon a few months ago and beat Baron Corbin? Didn't help Finn. Baron Corbin's still riding high. Maybe it's his size. Maybe it's because he got injured. I can't answer that question, but Finn Balor is one of those guys you can't, you kind of start to think maybe he should leave. He'd be better on SmackDown, feuding out with Samojo, Daniel Bryan, um, Samojo, all of those guys, AJ. Never mind. What are you going to do? Garth Jackson, have you played Fire Pro World? If so, what are your thoughts? Are you also looking forward to W2K19? Well, I'm one of the few people that still likes the W2K games. Again, they're not perfect, but I get a kick out of them. I haven't played Fire Pro World, but you have reminded me to give one more reminder about the competition. It ends on Friday. If you'd like to win a copy of Fire Pro Wrestling or Fire Pro, whatever it's called, on PlayStation or Fire Pro World, Garth just said, all you got to do is head over to YouTube.com for the Middle Report Rules. Make sure you subscribe, find the video with this podcast, leave a comment below that says, I want to win Fire Pro Wrestling. Tweet me at Simon316. You've got to follow me as well saying, I want to win Fire Pro Wrestling. Same with Instagram at Simon316. And I will pick a winner. I've got five copies to give away. I'll announce them on next week's show. Then you can get in touch via whatever means works for you. Give me your address and we'll get those sent out as soon as we can. Nick Palmer. With all this heavy teasing of Dean turning, I'm starting to think he's the least likely to turn. Will WWE be brave enough to turn Roman or stupid enough to turn Seth? Well written, Nick. I wouldn't mind if it was Roman. I mean, I wouldn't mind if it was Dean. I think Dean would do a fantastic job with it, as we've already talked about. If they did use it to do a double swerve and Roman did it, I thought it'd be great. It'd be hard with the story, but there's always a way. And you're right. Definitely don't do it with Seth Rollins. He's finally gotten over. It'll be taking the 900 million steps back. But no, they won't do that because mostly I think we, we've learned, I think most of us know that WWE stick to the status quo more often than not. So I will say no. It will be a Dean Ambrose turn. I'm all right with that, but Roman would be interesting as well. Mike Faff, do you think having AJ and Roman as champs at the same time is a mistake? AJ will likely lose the title before Roman and will never see a pay-per-view main event for a long time, and that disappoints me. Well, I don't think the WWE Championship will ever be in the main event as long as the Universal Championship is going around. It's that classic thing, whatever title is number one on Raw becomes the number one title. It's like when the World Championship... Uh, went over to Raw and all of a sudden the WWE title was secondary. That's just what happens. So I don't think it's a case of Roman and AJ. I think it's a case of Raw and SmackDown and WWE will always see SmackDown as the B-show, which is silly really because right now it's probably better. David Ayers, which wrestler in ring do you enjoy the most and can you keep flush it down for when you return to the ring? If I can, I will. That's from Ups and Downs if you don't know my new thing. Flush things down the toilet. Haven't watched it back. I hope a toilet sound effect got flushed, uh, got added in because it was so dumb. Which wrestlers in ring work do you enjoy the most? That's a good question. I mean, Kenny Omega I do like just because he's, I think he's enigmatic, Kenny Omega. Cody I'm a fan of for the more old school kind of stuff. In WWE I do like Kevin Owens. I just like watching him work. And I will throw Seth Rollins in there as well. And Finn Balor. And AJ Styles. And Samojo. <laughs> James Bromfield. I went to my first Progress show last week and it was flat out amazing. What is the best non-WWE show you have been to as a spectator? Keep the positive going, sir. It is awesome. Thank you, James. Actually, it'd probably be all in just for the atmosphere. It's probably not the best show I've ever seen, but the atmosphere was so good. It was so positive. Mention what you just said there. You couldn't help but enjoy it and it did feel special. So I'm going to throw all in. All in was just, it was just great. It was just such a good time. Kevin Shirley, do you think Neville's star powers accidentally increased by him not wrestling for a year? 
Yes, I do. And I also think him leaving WWE where he did has helped as well. I think uh, Neville has smashed this. He's come out the other side a bigger star than he ever was before he went in, which obviously is going to happen because of WWE. But it's also because of his actions. So I think absolutely. I think right now he feels like a proper big deal. Also, how would you feel if next time Drew McIntyre fights Seth Rollins, he channels his inner liquid snake and shouts, brother? I wouldn't mind it. I love Metal Gear Solid. I'm all about that. It'll never happen. But if it did, I wouldn't be against it. Sideshar, thoughts on Punishment Martinez signing with WWE. I talked about this on something else the other day. I can't remember what it was now. But uh, oh, I was on my Patreon Q&As. Uh, cheap plug for the Patreon. Patreon.com for the Simon 316. $5 plus. We do weekly Q&As. Ask whatever you want. Lovely. Um, I, I don't know much about Punishment Martinez other than what I've seen in Ring of Honor. But I was uh, lucky enough to interview him at All In. Came across like a really nice guy, a really super smart guy. Had a very WWE look, like he's tall. You know, someone that can fit in. A bit like a better Baron Corbin, not to be horrible. I think he'll do well. And again, he's, he's not as young as I thought. I think he's 35 or 36, so it's probably the time to make the jump. But yes, all, all good. I, uh, I was a fan uh, when I kind of got to, got to understand what he did. And that's that. That's all the questions. Again, less than this week. My fault. I'm really sorry. I forgot to put it up. I will endeavor to make sure it goes up over the weekend, which gives everyone four or five days to answer. You have to forgive me. It's the shoulder. I'm not going to lie. My brain gets tied up with it, and I forgot. But again, episode 100 of Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me all of this way. Make sure you stick around as well. Tell a friend. Tell everybody. Let's get this thing boosted up as much as we can. At Simon316 on Instagram. At Simon316 on Twitter. YouTube.com forward slash the middle report rules. And of course, the Facebook group Simon is Pro Wrestling Podcast. That's where you go to leave a little comment that says I want to win Fire Pro Wrestling and I got five copies to give away on the PS4. The closing date is Friday. Two days and I'll reveal all the winners next week. Patreon.com for Simon 316 promotes and sponsors and gets all of this up and running. Again, from the bottom of my heart, how I've ever got to 100 episodes with this many listeners, I don't know, but I'd love to get some more. So stick with me. We'll keep doing this. Head over to What Culture Wrestling as well where you can watch my stupid face. And yeah, let's wrap this up. We're back in a couple of days with the Patreon episode. Looking forward to that as I always do. Love you all very much and I will talk to you again soon.